I'm your host, E.J. Pettis. Uh, for, for context there, under the assumption that you know how my name is actually pronounced, which is, I'm finding out it's not a thing I should assume. Uh, but I have a bit of a, a, a history when my name has been said on podcasts that it is inevitably pronounced incorrectly. Uh, you know, it's it's a last name that could go one of several ways. It's not as especially complicated, but you don't know what those vowels are doing. It's fine. But you'd think it would just occasionally be pronounced correctly. Um, it's been it's been wrong on so so many shows. Uh, the only one who's ever said it right is Lauren Lapkus, and she did it once out of two times. Uh, and John Hodgman deliberately mis mispronounced it as, uh, which which was a donor bonus for the Max Fund Drive. So. The fact that he deliberately mispronounced it makes me think he knew the right pronunciation. So, uh, as I may may or may not have mentioned before, John Hodgman and I have the same birthday, so we are birthday buddies. Uh, but in this particular case, you may have heard my name on a podcast this week. Uh, unless you're like my friends who listen to this who don't listen to any other podcasts and think this is what they all are. But uh, it was on on the flagrant ones, the NBA, or it's not specifically NBA, although they really don't talk about college basketball. It's the basketball podcast that I pay $5 a month to listen to. And now that people I know who don't listen to podcasts have completely had their faith in a rational world shaken, uh, there's there's a bit they will do where, for, for supporters, where uh, uh, Sean will travoltify a name based on when uh, uh, John Travolta introduced Adina Menzel as Adele Nazim at the at the Oscars that one year. And so he'll he'll take a name and just just make mincemeat out of it. It's very funny. It's a fun thing to do. It's a fun thing to try at home. So I for a friend's birthday, I I arranged to have her name Travoltified and they they did it a month early. Uh, I don't know why that happened. I guess that's better than a month late because it proves I was thinking ahead. But I was very, I mean, I gave him a range as close as possible to this date. Uh, and apparently as close as possible was very early. And, uh, but, uh, and it was very fun. But when they, they read the name of the person who was wishing happy birthday, it was E.J. Fedes. And... I get mispronouncing my my name, but I don't know of any time in English when that's what those letters do. Uh, so I'm just gonna have to change my name, or legally change the. Can you legally change the pronunciation of your name, or just start saying it differently? Like Stephen Colbert, he just started saying it differently. I'm exactly like Stephen Colbert. Uh, but if you're a listener to the flagrant ones, hopefully you enjoyed that fun and uh, got to got to hear me referenced. Uh, oh, and speaking of uh, speaking of other podcasts, I I think it's important to note that last week I talked a little about sports to the extent that I can talk about sports, and I mentioned specifically Shaquille O'Neal. And Bill Lambeer, specifically the 
Super Nintendo video game Bill Lampier's Combat Basketball. The day after I put that episode out, Shaquille O'Neal was on Conan O'Brien's podcast, and the video game podcast, How Did This Get Played, devoted an episode to Bill Lambeer's Combat Basketball. Uh, so I assume that this week's This American Life was about the time I won a fantasy football league. Uh, they didn't contact me to record any new audio for it, but I assume I was, I was just voiced by Sarah Vowell. So it's been a very exciting week in podcast land for me, not for my own podcast, which had a, let, let's just say listenership is dropping. There's, there's, I'd like to have more listeners than fingers and I don't want to lose any fingers. So clearly I'm going to have to try to do a better job or something. I don't know. I don't know how one gets popular probably have to be good at something. And I've read that podcast book and a lot of it seemed like pointed criticism aimed directly at me and what I do. Uh, there was actually a chapter called Don't Be EJ. And look, I don't have a choice. If I did, you think I'd choose this? I got news for you, pal. Ah, uh, this, I have again had a busy work week. Uh, so once again, I failed to fail to come up with anything substantive to talk about. And I was thinking uh, when this, when when the pandemic is over and I'm vaccinated and I can start social, start socializing again. I don't socialize. When I have the option to leave the house and sit in a restaurant or go to a movie, um, I I'll probably can can uh, continue doing this to the enjoyment of nobody, I, I assure you. But I might try to settle into kind of a, a theme or something rather than it just being me talking for 30 minutes a week so I don't go crazy. But we'll see. We'll look into that. I've already sold us. I've already sold ad time through the end of the year. So, uh, you know, I'm kind of locked in. Now, uh, I don't want to talk about TV for another week, but I do have some TV things to talk about. So let's let's just lean into that. Uh, as I'm recording this, I just watched uh, the new Marvel show, Falcon and Winter Soldier, which is two of the Captain America supporting cast members. I feel like it's an easier show to explain to than WandaVision to the like the casual movie watchers because. It's it's easy to explain who Falcon and Winter Soldier are. You go, oh yeah, Falcon, the guy with wings who's friends with Captain America. Winter Soldier, Captain America's friend who came back from the dead. He was the main point of the movie called The Winter Soldier. And everybody's like, yeah, okay. Whereas uh, Wanda and the Vision are a little harder to remind people of. You know, if they haven't seen one of those movies recently, they probably won't remember the red robot who sometimes wears casual clothing. <laughs> it's still very funny to me. Put the vision in regular clothes, I'm a happy man. But I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, you know, it's very clear the first episode, they're setting some stuff up. It seems to be sort of be leaning into the... Like, there's a lot of 80s Captain America in there, which is when I was 
that was my big Captain America phase uh, back when Mark Grenwald was writing it, and it was kind of nuts. And Captain America got replaced, which is, you know, what this show is about. And I thought he'd be replaced forever because I was young and dumb and I didn't understand copyrights. And, uh, you know, and it looks like this is what the, the show is doing, but he's replaced by by John Walker, who is sort of a big, violent right-winger. And it was years later I realized that that was comics telling me that I shouldn't trust Ronald Reagan. And it it worked. I mean... The weird thing is, I think so many, so often, Captain America is thought of as being a, a conservative thing because you you know how they love their flags. They'd have a baby with a flag if they could. But you know, I remember uh, '80s Captain America was kind of a kind of a savage take on Reaganism. And also, one time Ronald Reagan got turned into a Snake Man, and Captain America fought him, and it was on the cover of a comic where he was punching Snake Ronald Reagan. Uh, he also fought Richard Nixon in the 70s and a a Humpty Dumpty version of Trump in an alternate future uh, fairly recently. Uh, whereas I don't remember him ever once punching Jimmy Carter. So I think Captain America's sensibilities are clear. Uh, but it was it was it was enjoyable. I, it sets up some. Here's the thing. There's some there's some great action scenes at the beginning, which you don't expect on TV because that could get a little janky, especially if you, like me, occasionally dip into the CWDC shows and all of their action scenes look bad. They seem to be made for about $30. Uh, they come up with excuses for people not to use their visually interesting and expensive to convey powers. And I remain convinced that there's at least one fight scene where uh, the atom shrinks real small, and then they just use an, an action figure in his scenes instead of a special effect. But what's and it looks like it's going to be uh, kind of explicitly political, which is also interesting. Uh, and it, I don't know how much of it was completed pre-pandemic, but it's got this weird sort of. I don't want to get into spoilers, but it's literally a scene about somebody applying for a loan, so it's a low-stakes spoiler. But uh, Falcon can't. <laughs> can't get a loan partly because his credit is screwed up because like half the planet he stopped existing for five years and then came back and on the one on the one hand i say that like i'm going to present a counter argument uh what i meant was first off i like that they're they're dealing with it because it's a very weird element of their world the whole end game thing they did it in wandavision too where they've sort of they're they're dealing with this and there isn't really time to deal with it in the movies for the most part. So it, it's interesting to have this world where half the people there are five years younger than they should be and just didn't exist for a while. I think that's a that's a fun thing to deal with. But just the way he's saved the world a bunch of times and he can't he can't get alone and the, the sort of patronizing tone of of the the bank officer really felt like the the people who want to uh, uh, talk about how, how, you know, food services are the real frontline workers now, and we're depending on them, but we're not going to raise the minimum wage. And I don't know if that, how much of this was done pre-pandemic, but it, it certainly feels, 
it feels very current in a way I don't think they necessarily expected. Uh, but it's good. Also, Batrock the Leaper is in it uh, briefly, and they don't actually call him Batrock, Batrock the Leaper. He's just a dumb mercenary whose last name is Batrock. Uh, and he doesn't have his crazy mustache and purple costume, but look, I know it's my favorite uh, <laughs> favorite lame duck Batman or Batman villain, Captain America villain. He wouldn't get anywhere with Batman. And also, since on the subject of Super, and specifically the Falcon, uh, a thing I really like about him as a character is that he has he has wings, and I like that because in this world where there are so many ways for people to fly, wings are maybe the silliest and therefore the best. Like, he could just have Iron Man jet boots, but no, this this guy's got big metal wings on his back, which are which would seem like a hindrance in a lot of ways. But I like a superhero who wears, wears wings. And the, the DC equivalent of that, I guess, would be Hawkman, who... You know, he's one of the Super Friends characters. You know what he... He's a big guy with no shirt, wings on his back, and he wears a helmet that looks like a bird's head. <laughs> and he carries a mace. He's an insane character. And when I was, I want to say, 10 years old, I was... <laughs> this is going to sound like something I made up later as, like, the Rosetta Stone of my personality. But when I was 10 or 11 years old, I hand-wrote a pitch to DC Comics about why I should write Hawkman, and I mailed it to them. And I suspect I would die of embarrassment if I were to see it or even receive confirmation that anybody there looked at it. Because, I mean, I was 10. It, there's no way it could have been good. But I also, I put work into it. Like, I had, I, I, I listed out what, you know what I was going to do for several, several issues. And I even, I even sent it to Paul Kupperberg because he was the editor of Hawkman at the time. <laughs> so like I did my research, but I wasn't smart enough to realize that nobody at DC Comics was going to, going to say, hey, I got this really good pitch from a 10 year old. Should we turn over one of should we turn over one of our characters with a television presence to an actual child? <laughs> so I, I didn't get a call back. I also remember that a, part of my pitch was that Hawkman was going to move to Gotham City and fight Batman villains because <laughs> those were the ones I liked best. <laughs> Let's be honest. If you're a kid, do you do you want to write about the Joker or the Gentleman Ghost? Well, Gentleman Ghost is pretty cool. I should have said Shadow Thief. He's not much. But, yeah. Dumb little ten-year-old kid handwriting hand breakdowns for six issues of Hawkman and asking them to let me write it. God. I feel like anybody who didn't know that about me has now heard that and go... Yeah, that tracks. That 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 was sort of the missing piece of this particular collage. I don't think collages have missing pieces. I don't know what I'm talking about. So those are my thoughts on superheroes with wings. 
so something sort of came up organically for me that I, I wanted to I just wanted to, to talk about. I, I was talking to my cousin Tom and we tend to talk about McDonald's characters, especially Grimace. Like Grimace has a whole family. The women in Grimace's family wear clothes, so that means Grimace is naked all the time. It, it's less bad when you think of him as just being a singular thing for whom clothes aren't necessary, but when he's a species and the females of his species do wear clothing for modesty's sake. Now you see, now you can't not think of what Grimace is supposed to be hiding. But a thing I have been fascinated by, and there's not a lot of, like, I keep hoping there'll be a nostalgic comeback, but it really hasn't happened, probably because it was terrible. But the, the late 70s, when, late 70s, early 80s, when Burger King tried to have its own stable of, uh, stable of children's characters to compete with McDonald's, which is just a, another example of Burger King's weird inferior, inferiority complex where they always just have to do the thing McDonald's does, but cheaper and worse. And... In this case, and I had to look them up because I only remembered a couple of the characters from the Burger King ads. They were very much like McDonald's ads you saw as a kid where it was, and in this case, it was set in the, the Burger King kingdom. But, you know, like when you see Ronald McDonald Grimace and Birdie the Early Bird, who is meant to represent the entire concept of breakfast, I just found out. Uh, so, you know, these would be commercials aimed at kids or something would happen and they'd tell you what you could get in a Burger King meal. But the now the characters I remembered were Sir Shake-A-Lot, who was a, a knight, but his armor was made of Burger King cups. And he, he drinks milkshakes constantly, so he's always cold, which is maybe not a great image to put forth of your product, like that it's actually damaged this man's insides. And the one, like, their Hamburglar was a guy called the Duke of Doubt, who did not even particularly represent a food. He just didn't believe anything. He wasn't even, like, there wasn't even a story point for him. There wasn't, like, a built-in engine for a commercial plot. He was just a guy who, the Burger King would do a lot of magic tricks. And the Duke of Doubt would always doubt that he could do them or think there was a trick. Uh, you know, there's probably a fun reboot where he's he's gaslighting the Burger King constantly, but when, when, you're, when your main antagonist's uh, uh, main trait is that he doesn't believe the thing happening in front of him, uh, again, he's kind of a, man, you could play the Duke of Doubt now as like, a, like a, an anti-masker, anti-vaxxer type uh, climate change denier. There's a lot of things you could do with it, but at the time... The Burger King would do a trick and the Duke of Doubt would just doubt that he did it correctly. There's a reason these commercials haven't made a comeback. But uh, So I, I looked into it to see who the other characters were. And there were only two others that I had forgotten. One was called the Burger Thing, which was a large hamburger puppet. And the Burger Thing, and I mean, that's clearly the grimace of the group. And he was voiced by Frank Welker, who... 
if you're at all an animation nerd, is the guy who's been on everything. Like he's he does the in any animated series he does the like the animal sounds. Like if there are birds chirping or a dog barking, it's going to be Frank Welker. Uh, and he's I mean he's done a million other things. Uh he, you know, his, he was Freddy on Scooby-Doo from the beginning, and he's Scooby himself for the last 20 years or so. Uh, he was a, a ton of the, the uh, Hanna-Barbera characters. You know, he's just in everything. So this was him slumming in the early 80s as the burger thing. And then there was the Wizard of Fries, who, contrary to their name, was not in fact a wizard, but a robot powered by French fries who had the power to take a single fry and duplicate it endlessly. Which, if you're powered by french fries and your power is to make infinite french fries, I mean, that's kind of a perpetual motion machine, right? You've cracked some secret of the universe. And the, the, the Wizard of Fries was voiced by Tress McNeil, who's on The Simpsons and, you know, a million other things, but she's a bunch of characters on The Simpsons. She's... Uh, uh, Agnes Skinner and Lunch Lady Doris and one of the bullies, I think Dolph, the one with no personality. And I don't mean that as a slight against Tress McNeil, but, you know, you know, Jimbo works as a, a standalone character. Uh, Kearney has that thing where he's a, he's failed so many times he's actually an adult who's in middle school. And he has a child who looks just like him. Uh, you might get some audio issues. For some reason, it's kind of skipping, and there's like a 20-second gap that I'm going to try to edit out. We'll see if it works. So I apologize if my audio is bad, but uh, you're not missing much because the dogs are being very loud. Uh, and I'm comparing the personalities of the bullies from The Simpsons. This is what happens when you don't prepare episode notes ahead of time. You get dogs barking and me trying to remember. I don't have to try to remember things about The Simpsons. I know them, baby. Top of my head. You got a question about The Simpsons, I'm here. You know what? I gotta say, The Simpsons, pretty good this season. Like, maybe I, I don't know if I've talked about my relationship with The Simpsons, which is that it's my favorite thing. And I will admit that here we're in season, season 30, I believe. And it's a long way from the golden age. And, you know, there are some episodes where I'll, I don't get much out of them and I don't necessarily remember, but there'll be, usually there'll be at least one thing I really laugh at. But it's just so, so important to me from those years when it was the best. And that kind of came at a time when I didn't really have much and like the Simpsons was kind of it for me and I will always have such affection for it that I I will watch it forever even if they do a season where the characters just uh, insult me occasionally I will you know I'm on board So, when, you know, sometimes you get an episode that really lands well, and it's it's a joy because it kind of feels like the old the old days. 
and, and this season, and it's, you know, there's still been a lot of uh, overly cartoony jokes or sort of mean-spirited, uh, more Family Guy-style jokes that kind of leave a, a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, it's not what I want from The Simpsons, but this this season has been pretty solid. Uh, the the Mrs. Krabappel tribute episode I thought was actually great. Uh, this year's Treehouse of Horror was very good. It's it's still got some gas, man. You know, it's a it's it, it's many many years out from being my favorite show. Uh, from week to week, but uh. I still enjoy that half hour a week with those guys. It's more than half an hour a week. I watch the repeats on Disney Plus, uh, which is very fun to do. But Disney Plus does. Here's the 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 problem I have with streaming. Streaming services have these. They'll have different approaches to playing the next episode. Uh, Netflix is. You know, five seconds into the credits, it's like, oh my god, we better get you to another episode. Hulu, because it tends to be super glitchy, will get you about halfway into the credits and go, hey, maybe we should just play the same episode again. Whereas Disney Plus and HBO Max sometimes, HBO Max gives you a good long time to decide if you want to play another episode. Those credits are going to play in full and then sit for a while. Disney Plus assumes you would not possibly want to watch another episode of the thing you were just watching. And you will sit on the menu select screen until you die of old age. And as a result, I can't put on Simpsons episodes to help go to sleep. Because it will play no more than one episode before freezing. Get your act together, Disney Plus. I guess I could could put in a DVD of, you know, one of the seasons I have on DVD, but... Honestly, I gotta dig that out and then plug, plug the plug the Blu-ray player back in. Uh, who has that kind of time? I ask you. I'm, I'm trying to get to sleep. I don't have time to do stuff. Uh, boy, I have no. I'm like 27 minutes in, and I do not know what I've talked about for the entirety of this episode. It's just flowing through me. Uh, soon to be, well, already forgotten. Hopefully it sits with you for a while. Like, just really ruminate in it. Uh, but since we're, I'm getting close to my desired 30-minute mark, it's time for a word from our sponsor. And since I am not drinking when I record, by the way, continue my pledge of not drinking until I can drink socially again. Uh, also, my 101 ounces of water a day is going swimmingly, which seems like a pun, but isn't really, so let that go. I've also given up fast food. I can have McDonald's breakfast once a week, but other than that, nope. And I gotta say, I'm starting to feel, like, better. It's, I don't, like, right before everything shut down, I started going to a gym, and I was actually really enjoying it. It was making me feel better, uh, and my various old man aches were less. I apologize if you heard a nasty bonk from me touching the microphone, but it started to fall over because the clamp eased up. Uh, so I apologize for that. We are having, I have so many issues today. And I'm still just not even stopping. I'm still recording through the pain. Uh, 
I'm not winning a Grammy for this episode. I'll tell you that right now. Let's see if this episode, see if this microphone's going to hold up for the remainder of the episode. Uh, while I talk about things I'm doing to be less unhealthy, uh, it is not going to hold up. I'm going to try to support it with my hand without touching the microphone part, so I don't cause weird audio artifacting. I apologize if I do, uh, and even if I don't, you've still been hearing dogs bark for the last 11 minutes, so this is not an episode that one would call sonically pleasant. Uh, so I'm going to wrap things up with a word from my sponsor, uh, who's sponsoring this episode. Let me check my notes. Oh my gosh, you guys, it's teasedbysummer.com. The best t-shirts on the internet. Celebrating one year today. Today, as I record this, when you're listening to this, it's late. You missed it. I mean, you should still definitely go buy a shirt and, and uh, you know, and as always, put in the notes to the seller EJ sent me because I really need to make the point that there's some benefit in knowing me. Uh, I can't think of any other, so I'm relying on you, the listener, to make that point for me. But I have, I can't remember how many episodes this has been, but I've been saying, I say it every week, and I'll say it every week for as long as I have a podcast, and possibly even after that, I'll just record the ads and release those separately. Uh, these shirts are great. I love looking at them. They look good. They're fun. It's warming up, so you'll be able to wear them out. You'll be vaccinated soon, so you get to go places wearing a cool shirt. Uh, the I Think You Should Leave shirts are all great. Uh, the new the new WandaVision-inspired design is very sweet, and it looks amazing. I got mine, and it looks tremendous in person. You know, it's, it's one of those things. It's, it's It seems like a simple design, but the, I got it in black, so it is white, white cursive writing on a black background, which should not look good. It, I mean, so many people can't get that right, and it looked... It looks great. It's legible from, you know, from from however far away you need it to be legible from. It looks great. It's eye-catching. It's super clear. Uh, just, just, just great, great work all around. Uh, I sort of sound like the coach of a losing team now. Great work all around, guys. But you, know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan uh, of. Of, of these shirts. Uh, she does a great job. You should definitely buy something because then you will be cool and maybe the mean lady at your liquor store will like you. And the mine didn't necessarily like me, but I have one shirt that she thinks looks cute. Uh, when I can go out again, I'm going to try other shirts and see if she similarly went over by those. Maybe that's the secret. Teas by Summer, How to Make the Lady at the Liquor Store Like You. Uh, I apologize for this not being a better ad. I caught myself unawares. I'm thrown off by this microphone falling, so don't hold it against, don't hold it against our good friend Teas by Summer, who has legally changed her name to that. Uh, so, you know, you really got to support that because I guess that costs money to change your name to a website name. So, man, 
I'm all over the place today. I'm going to have to do a make good on this ad because I feel like I really, I really just, just boned it. Ah. But seriously, I'm, I'm such a big fan. And, and as I said before, yes, I'm friends with Tease by Summer. She's great. You'd be friends with her too. She's awesome. But I'm not, I'm not just telling you the shirts are good because, because we're friends. I got a lot of friends who do stuff that I, I'm not promoting every week. Uh, you know, not all of them have things available for sale. I don't want any of my, I don't want anybody's feelings to be hurt. But, you know, if you do have something available for sale, and I haven't mentioned it 17 weeks in a row, maybe question why that is, you know? We're not going to talk about it in person. No, never. Just, you and I both know, right? Anyway, they're great. They look amazing. I'm always excited when a new design goes up. Uh, uh, she is actually designing something for a another project of mine uh, that I, you know, you probably know from context of the last couple of weeks what it might be related to, but I am super excited to see what that's going to be because I know it'll be awesome. And my microphone just completely came detached from the table. It was clamp two and it's just swinging free right now so i'm going to call an end to this ad read uh so look don't hold it don't hold it against her go buy something from teasebysummer.com it's great then leave a review be sure you you click a you you click like to admire the store that's good for the algorithm and then you can like individual items like them all they're all great you'd be you're fooling yourself if you don't like them all to do that, check back in with me. Let me know you did it, and I'll give you a hearty attaboy. Uh, and now, back to the part of the show that isn't the ad. And I'm going to put a quicker end to this than usual because I don't know what to do with this microphone. It's just, it's, it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid to touch it. But I also don't want it to drop onto the floor. So... Apologies if the sound quality is real weird right now. Everything's going wrong. Usually when I have these problems, I I toss the episode out and, and re-record. But I can't remember anything that I, I've done. So that doesn't seem like a great gambit to, to uh, embark on. So hey, thanks for listening. I feel like I end almost every episode by apologizing. And this one is no different. Uh, this one had legitimate technical difficulties and not just me forgetting what words mean. But if you're one of the, the vanishingly small number of people still listening to this, I appreciate it. Uh, it really it means a lot to me that anybody listens to my nonsense ever. And be good out there, guys. Right? I, that's all I got. You guys are you guys are great. Go uh, check out teasebysummer.com. Maybe check out spunkybean.com. I suspect it's in its waning days, but there'll be more news along that line soon. Um, well, I got. Thanks a lot. I will talk to you later. Fed Talks is a Full Boys production. Wah, 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 wah.